Welcome inside the JSK Media Sports Podcast. A lot to get into, Sean. What a fun week of sports. We saw a 20-team tournament, played among two continents, and we got that dream at bat, but we'll get into that later. Sean, how's everything going? It's great. Can't wait to be here. All right. Let's start where we need to start, Sean. Let's start with the World Baseball Classic. And I want to start off our talk of the World Baseball Classic with this. Sean, there's this narrative I see out there where they're comparing the social media posts from the Astros winning the World Series or the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl to social media posts of moments from the World Baseball Classic semis and finals, showing how much more the WBC is getting. Yeah, it's called the World Baseball Classic. Houston's a city. Kansas City is a city. A World Baseball Classic game grabs from two whole countries. There's no merit to that narrative. That's like being shocked that Messi's Instagram post after winning the World Cup has more interactions than after winning a league title. One has world in the title. And then there's also this notion of, you know, we got to watch 162 and I don't think we're going to see games like this in the postseason. You're not supposed to. This is supposed to be special. It's the best in the world, not the last two MLB teams standing. I love Major League postseason. October baseball is one of my favorite things in the world, but it's not like this. This is fresh players playing for their country. That's after playing six, seven months of grueling baseball, coming off a month getting beat, last two men standing. It's gritty. It's what 26 guys are going to be the best. The World Baseball Classic, there's a reason it's every four years. It's special. Nobody said the World Series is a higher level of gameplay than World Baseball Classic. I don't know where these notions are coming from, Sean. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's supposed to be special. And it cannot be compared to any other normal league-wide sporting event. And it it's just like the World Cup. I think that's a perfect analogy. Because I am not a soccer fan. I don't watch soccer. I don't watch the MLS. I don't watch Premier League. I don't watch nothing. But the second the World Cup turns on, I will watch every game. I'm a huge USA fan. That's all I'm cheering for. I know half the players. I'm so against soccer, but it's just so enticing. It's world. There's so much that goes into it. It's such a different mentality when you're cheering for your country versus just cheering, cheering for a team you like. There's that pride that comes into it for the players and for the fans. And I think that's why it's so special. It means so much to everybody. And it gets so many more people to watch it that are just casual fans or aren't even baseball fans, aren't even soccer fans. But it's just so, there's so much pride that comes with cheering for your country that leads so many people to watch it. And what's, what makes it so special, what makes it such a high-level gameplay, because it's also these players are playing for their country. There's so much pride. They all want to play, and they all want to put out the best product they can. So they come out and give it their best, and you can't compare it to any USA, Major Leagues, NFL, nothing. You can't compare it to that, because it's so different. Game 7 of the World Series is extremely special. And the finals in the World Baseball Classic is extremely special. But they're different kinds of specials. All right, Sean, before we get into the finals, I just want to talk about the semifinals and mainly that Mexico-Japan game. Sean, the Mexico-Japan semifinal game, it was the first time since the Dodgers were bounced out that I sat down and watched a full three-hour baseball game. You know, I've just been busy. I haven't cut a block out for obviously a nine-inning spring training game or haven't really gotten around to a full World Baseball Classic game. I've seen chunks of it, but this was the first time 
And, you know, since this offseason where I sat down and watched every out, I did not miss a pitch Monday, Sean, and this was one of, if not the best, pure baseball game I've ever watched. And, Sean, I didn't miss a pitch of the 18-inning World Series game back in 2018. I watched every out of the 2019 Game 7 World Series in Houston. And I've been to some walk-offs in real life, Sean. We both have. But, Sean, this was different. Just two passionate teams balling out. Listen to this. 93.6% of TVs in Japan were tuned into the semifinal game. Elite pitching. Clutch hitting. Timely defense. It had it all. Back and forth. I... I was nervous and engaged for both teams. So bravo to this game, instant classic. And man, I can't talk about this game without talking about Randy Rosarina. Put on another show besides just the gameplay, the swag he was playing with, free game, the sombrero, the boots. He made that catch and then stood cold and then was signing autographs during a pitching change. Hats off to him. And then just to sum it up, Mexico's head coach, Benji Gill, said post game, quote, Japan advances, but the world of baseball won tonight. And that not only sums up that game, but the whole world baseball classic. Obviously, you want your team to win. But in terms of just watching good ball, it felt like Monday Night Football. right? You have your fantasy guys, you have your pool, maybe you have a bet. But at the end of the day, you just want good TV. So bravo to Team Mexico. But Sean, due to the final heroics, I hate to say it, but that's old news. The finals, Sean. That was the most fun. I think I could say that now, now that it's soaking in. The finals was the most fun I've just about ever had watching a baseball game. And look, I, I want to decipher what I'm saying. Sean, we happened to both be at Chris Taylor's walk-off home run in the 2021 wildcard game. And that will forever be until hopefully something surpasses it, but I doubt it. So that will always be my favorite sports moment I've ever been a part of. Keyword favorite, but in terms of fun, this was it. And, and one thing to note, it's because I didn't have much edge. Look, I was rooting for the United States, but at the end of the day, it's like the Super Bowl. I wanted a good game. And that is exactly what we got. That The finals was like a good movie, like watching a, a good Rocky movie, just fun. And another thing, I always say baseball is going to baseball. And when we're watching a game, Sean, I always tell you that baseball will find a way. Remember a couple years back, we were watching a Milwaukee Dodger game. And what do you know, the last out, it's Kenley and Yelich. Baseball finds a way. And then there's this famous saying, you know, any baseball fan will say, how can you not be romantic about baseball? And this is why that saying exists. And once the finals was said, all anyone said was, God, we need to see Trout versus Otani. We need to see Trout versus Otani. And even before this started, Sean, there were 20 teams that took place over two continents, as I said in the opening of this podcast. And all anyone wanted was Trout versus Otani. And what do you know? Sean, after the bottom of the eighth, I was no joke grinning. I, I happened to be watching alone in my bed, Sean, and no joke, I was laughing to myself after the eighth inning, getting ready for the top of the ninth. I was so excited. I've never been so excited for a game and then I've never been so excited for a half inning. And again, I'll go back. It was because there was no no nerves. I was rooting for USA. But at the end of the day, I wanted this. Ninth inning, one run game, Mike Trout for Shohei Otani. And then when it went to a full count, Sean, 
I took my phone out of my pocket and I took a picture of the Fox score bug because I seriously couldn't believe it. It was like a movie. And, you know, I know there's these rumors, if you even want to call it that, about the NFL being scripted. But if anything was scripted, Sean, it was this game. That was a movie. Absolutely. I mean, I can go back on my phone, look at our text from last night of me texting you saying it. I felt like I was dreaming. This felt like a dream situation. It, it couldn't have been scripted better. I don't think they could have written a script that would have been that would have turned out to this. A one run game bottom of the ninth with the two best players in the MLB on the same team. I mean, it's exactly what we wanted from this tournament. That's it's what it turned out to. It's great. It's what you want. You know, it's the same thing you talk about the World Cup. You see the Messi versus Mbappe. It's what you want in these tournaments. It's exactly what you play for. And it's amazing. And it, it, like you said, baseball always works out. It always finds a way to end up in this situation. Unlike basketball, where you can, with a second left, whoever takes a shot, takes a shot, you get to choose. Baseball, you don't get a choice. Wherever it comes up with the batting order, comes up with the batting order. But somehow, it always ends up that way. It always ends up where it's, it's that trout for Sotani. It's insane. It always works out for baseball. And that's, and that's why everyone says baseball is romantic. It's a beautiful, it is the beautiful game. It's so fun to watch. I was so entertained throughout that game. And, and like you said, the taking out of the nerves, and I'm not stressing about, oh, are the Dodgers going to walk this off? Or are they going to move into the postseason out of the wild card game? Makes it more enjoyable to watch and not as stressful. But I couldn't have wished for more fun of a game. And I'm really happy that it turned out this way. And I now I just can't wait for the next World Baseball Classic. Hopefully it comes to LA. The reason that moment was so special was because of Shohei Otani. And Sean, you knew this was coming. You knew I wasn't going to let the 2023 season start without having my Otani MVP rant. And right here, this is an excuse to have my Otani rant. And Sean, in 2021... We went down to Anaheim, and we saw him pitch, and in the first inning, he had a single, stole a base, and came around to score, and that was a moment. You know, people today still brag about seeing Sandy Koufax pitch in person, seeing Greg Maddox pitch in person, and I, I, I knew watching that game in 2021 in his first MVP that that was a moment, Sean, we were going to brag about in the coming years. So here it is, Sean. Here's my excuse to have my Otani MVP rant. All last season... I was saying that Shohei needed to be MVP. I do not care that Judge hit 311 with 62 home runs. I don't care. Oh, he set the AL record. What was his ERA? It's called MVP. Most valuable player. Most valuable player. You cannot tell me that Judge was more valuable than Otani. You just can't. He counts as two players. And here's the argument. Oh, but history, judge, AL record. Yeah, yeah, there actually was history made because we're seeing something that's never been done before with Otani. We've seen guys hit 60 home runs, but we've never seen this. And then the argument. Oh, but Babe Ruth, Sean, my grandpa throws harder than Babe Ruth. And Babe Ruth was only a two-way player for two years in the major leagues. 2022 was Shohei's third year doing it in the major leagues. He hit 34 home runs with an 875 OPS and also had a 233 ERA with 219 strikeouts. You cannot tell me that Judge was more valuable. You just can't. 
And now I want to talk about the World Baseball Classic Finals. And that's getting a little bit away from 2022 and the MVP, but I'll circle it back. Don't worry. Sean, in the finals, the stats I'm about to read off was the the nightly stats we had all last year about Shohei. I think I was blowing up your phone every night with new Shohei tweets and facts and TikToks and whatever you want to call it. In the finals, Shohei Otani hit a baseball 114 miles per hour and then ran from home plate to first base in 4.16 seconds. And that, Sean, Sean, that was moments after warming up in the bullpen. And then after he got that hit, he had a save in which he threw a pitch. He threw a fastball 101.6 miles per hour. He is the most talented baseball player, maybe athlete, that's ever lived. Sean, listen, here's another crazy stat. Mike Trout has had three swinging strikes in only 24 of his 6,174 career MLB appearances. And Otani just got Mike Trout, arguably the best hitter ever, definitely this generation, to do that in his first step bat against him. And he did that after getting on base twice and then running back and forth from the batter's box and the dugout to the bullpen and left field. There is no way, and I know that's about the World Baseball Classic and not 2022, but there is just no way you can tell me that Judge was more valuable last year. Otani hit 435 with a home run and a 186 ERA on 92 third innings with 11 Ks in this World Baseball Classic. It's insane. It's unbelievable. It's every adjective you could use in the book, and I'm trying really hard not to cuss right now, but I'm going to circle it back. Sean, how in the world was Otani not named MVP in 2022? I have no clue. I think you're completely right. We go back to our conversations at the end of the season, and it, there's no way he wasn't the MVP. When you look at the words, when you when you break it down to most valuable player, a guy that every five days is starting on the mound and producing as good as any other starting pitcher in the MLB, and those other four days off is hitting 270 with over 30 home runs that is the most valuable player he's doing everything and and then you look at him yes you look at him in the world baseball classic not only is he the power not only can he pitch not, not only is he all that stuff but he hits, an, he hits an infield ground ball and runs it out it's insane what he can do there's nothing he can't do and i truly believe it's something we've talked about if he committed to pitching he'd be the best pitcher in the mlb if he committed to hitting he'd be the best hitter in the mlb and I think if he quit pitching, he'd be the best right fielder in the MLB. You see how fast he is. We know he can throw 102 off the mound. You put him in any position on the baseball field, and he is going to compete for the best player there. He's the most talented baseball player we've ever seen. I think there's no questions about that. He's doing stuff we've never seen before. It's unheard of. It's unheard of. He is amazing. It's it's, he should win MVP every single year. If, if he can play a full season without an injury, there's no reason he should win MVP. Because he is doing a starting picture and a DH. And that is unheard of. It's amazing how talented he is at baseball. And now all I can hope for is that he's traded to the Dodgers. <laughs> he was all tournament MVP in the World Baseball Classic. You know, all tournament DH and all tournament pitcher. I... Sean, it's four months out, and I'm still outraged that he didn't win MVP. I, I, I just don't understand. It's like, 
great, the Yankees, great judge. And I'm not knocking what judge did. He had one of the best. We won't see a guy hit that many home runs with pitching being so good. I, I don't think we'll see that again. Not in the near future. But Shohei's doing something that is out of this world. Okay. Now that I've cooled down just a little bit, Sean, I want to talk about Lars Newbar. Newbar is the first player not born in Japan to play for the Samurai Japan national team. And in Japanese fashion, which I'll get into more in a second, they embraced him with open arms. Sean, March 1st, Newbar had 59,000 Instagram followers. An hour after the finals, he had 684,000 Instagram followers. A global icon. And this is one, it's testament to this tournament that, you know, a utility player on the St. Louis Cardinals is nearing a million followers on Instagram. And then just a testament to the Japanese fan base for doing the opposite. It, if they shunned him and said, you're not Japanese born, maybe you could understand it. But the fact that open arms and they're doing his, it's pepper grinder celebration, <laughs> you know, don't want to get too much into that. But the fact that they embraced him and, and have celebrated him is just what I love about this tournament. But just a hats off to the Japanese fan base. Absolutely. And it's what I love about these world tournaments. What I'm going to continue to talk about with these world tournaments is it's it's more than just a game. It, these countries come around their their players and their team with so much pride. And it's so amazing to see. I mean, you you saw the first game of the World Baseball Classic. The Japan is giving their pregame speech in Japanese, which Lars Newbart does not speak. And he has a translator trying to translate for him fast enough and doesn't really understand. And by the championship game, he's the one giving that pregame speech. It, there's so much, you learn so much, and there's so much culture that's being given to them. And it's so amazing to see how much pride there is with these players and guys that have barely any relation to their countries having so much pride for it. If you look at the Israeli team, they, they made a video asking all the players what their relation is to Israel. Half of them were barely even Jewish let alone Israeli. They had wives that were Jewish or their grandma was half Jewish. But they come and they play for that name in the front of the jersey. They still play like it's their home country. And that's what I love about these tournaments. They have so much pride for what they're doing. It's more than just, I'm playing for my next contract. If I don't get a hit here, they're not going to re-sign me. I'm not going to get that, million, that, that max contract, that max deal. It's just about playing for your country and having fun. I mean, like Mike Trout said, Mookie Betts said, they've never had more fun on a baseball field than they had during the World Baseball Classic. And that's what you love about these. They're not they're not worrying about the contracts. They're not worrying about all that. They're worrying about having fun, playing baseball, and winning. And that's what I love about them. It's amazing to see. Yeah, I mean, Adam Wainwright said, you know, in an, in an interview after the game, we're, we're not doing this to get money. We're doing it to have to have fun. And what was so fun, you touched on it, is just seeing the different way that these teams play. And I want to congratulate Japan, not only on winning the World Baseball Classic, but talk about playing the game the right way. And I want to be careful not to contradict myself from last week. But Japan just plays the right way. They don't just celebrate to celebrate. And I love celebrating. We, we had a whole segment last week about how we want to see more of that in the major leagues. But they show emotion when necessary. And they play with the intent to win, with the intent on fundamentals. Just 
a pleasure to watch this team. Congratulations again. And what great role models, not just for Japanese youth and Japanese athletes, but the whole world and anyone that has a dream. The way Japan goes about their business, they all wear the same suit. You know, even in the World Cup, they showed how Japan left their locker room and it was pristine. And I don't know if we talked about it maybe a couple weeks ago, but Shohei Otani hit a home run and in right field, they passed around the ball. That would never happen in the U.S. So hats off to not only the Japanese players' talent and their drive, but their disposition. That is how you be an athlete. That is how you win. Absolutely. It, so much respect for their team and they're playing, they're playing the game exactly how we want them to. They bring that energy. You see them win. They're all running out. They're celebrating, but they're not being disrespectful. They're not turning around and talking trash to the guy across from them. They're playing the game the right way. They're celebrating. They're showing emotion within themselves. And then the second they walk over, they shake the hand and say, great game. And like I said, I think that, that comes with that Japanese culture also. Because if you know, there's an NBA player with the name Yutu Watanabe from Japan who then walked out of the locker room after the World Baseball Classic wearing a Shohei Otani jersey, saying how Otani is the biggest celebrity in all of Japan. What's so special about this is that that ball that he hit out would have been worth so much money, so valuable to all these people. But they use that as, I'm going to pass it around and let everyone see it. Let everyone see this piece of history. And it's so awesome to see how, how that Japanese culture is being reflected onto the players and how respectful they are and how much love and respect they have for the game. They understand what this game means, what baseball means. It's more than just a sport. It really is. And I love to see it, and I love how they play the game. It's There's so much respect to them. Yeah, I, I mean, respect for the game. You said it perfect, just respect for the game. And Sean, we said last week two things were going to stop USA. And I said it was either going to be, the, the, you, know, you know, the hype, the celebrations, and they turned it on. You know, they said against Venezuela in the, in the clubhouse, they were saying, we need to meet, match their energy. And they did. Trey hit that grand slam. They all went nuts. So they, they brought up their energy. And then the other thing I said was the pitching. They, the greatest American pitchers aren't on this roster because they'd rather be not risking injury. They'd rather be preparing in the major leagues, and that's okay. But then it turns out that what really went sideways for them was their offense. At least in this last game, they, you know, they scored a bunch of runs in the semis. But And you could argue that Japan's great pitching is what won, and that is what won. But it was the USA offense. Sean, what went wrong for Captain America, Mike Trout, and the Super Dream Team? It's the overconfidence. Listen, you can complain about the pitching all day, but they gave up three runs in the biggest game of the whole tournament. The offense, full of all-stars in the MLB, scored two runs on two solo home runs. It wasn't even like they were having these great rallies. Two solo home runs. An offense full of all these weapons of the biggest names in the entire sport of baseball get held to two runs. And listen, Japan has some amazing pitchers. They do. But you got to expect more from these U.S. players on the biggest stage. It felt like they expect they were so expected to win, and they came with such an expectation that they were going to win, that they didn't feel like they needed to try to win. They came out of the Japan game and goes, well, I'm sitting here with, Mookie Betts in front of me, and then Mike Trout in front of him, and then Paul Goldschmidt in front of him. 
it doesn't matter. We're going to get a hit. We're going to score the runs. We're going to win this game. That's not how it works. On the on these global stages, there's more talent than just on the U.S. team. That Japan team has a ton of talent. And you need to show up. You need to bring that intensity. You You need to play like everyone on that field deserves to be on that field. And everyone on that field is as good as you are. And I think that's what was lacking. I think that's why they... They lost the game in the pool play, and I think that's why they lost this game to Japan, is is they were just a little cocky. They just assumed, well, we are going to win this game because we're the better on-paper team, and that's not how it turns out when, when it all comes down to it, when it all comes down to how who cares more. And I think that's what they were lacking in this game. Building off of uh, what you were saying there, Shohei's pregame speech before the finals, he talked about, you know, we looked up, we look up to the majors going up. But we're there. You know, you know, admire them. But the admiring's over. We're there. Let's look at the World Baseball Classic. There has now been five. Started in 2006. Dominican Republic has one. United States of America has one. And Japan has three. And it's because they realize we're there. And they talked about on the Fox broadcast, Joe Davis and John Smoltz were saying, there is a jump from Japan to MLB. There is a jump. But that gap is closing. All right, before we close out on the WBC, I just got to say it. We said it last week, but now we hit one in the finals. Schwarber now has a home run in, stay with me, the NL wildcard game, the AL wildcard game, the NLDS, ALDS, NLCS, ALCS, World Series, and not just now only the World Baseball Classic, but the World Baseball Classic Finals. What an amazing amazing fun heroic dramatic tournament till 2026 sean we'll have to wait any last thoughts world baseball classic can't wait for the next one it's it's so much fun to watch let's switch gears sean we're through two rounds of march madness instant reactions every year i sit and watch march madness and i get surprised by the amount of upsets then the next year, I come back, and I fill up my bracket, and I go, there's no way these crazy upsets can happen again. And then it happens again, and again, and again. It's crazy how a 15-seed Princeton school with one ranked recruit, there's one player on their entire team that was ranked going into college, beat an Arizona team that is full of four and five stars coming off a Pac-12 championship. An FDU team can beat Purdue. It makes no sense. It's so amazing how much, and I, I think this proves, like what we were talking about with the World Baseball Classic in the USA, how much intensity matters. Purdue and Arizona come into those games saying, we are the better team. Everyone picked us. It doesn't matter. We're going to win, right? They play the best games. We play the worst games. We're still going to win. doesn't matter. And that's not how it turns out. These teams come out playing for each other, playing with such intensity, playing with such pride. And they come out and pull off these huge upsets. It's amazing to watch. It's amazing to see. And it's so unpredictable. And it's what I love about March Madness. You can never sit down for a game and say, I don't need to watch this. It's already over. Every single game is watchable. Every single game is competitive. And there's nothing. There, there's no closed case in March Madness. There's no guarantee. Everything is up in air, and that's what I love about it. Just got to go back. World Baseball Classic so fun because it's one game. You, you, you know, after after pool play, it's 
win or go home. And March Madness, win or go home. And every year, Sean, every year I go, this has got to be the most upsets ever, every year. All right, Sean, let's take a look. Look ahead. Sweet 16, record tying 11 conferences represented in the Sweet 16 coming up. So bravo to, to the U.S. representing the West, the East, everywhere. Record tying 11 conferences represented in Sweet 16. And Sean, I cannot wait for Gonzaga UCLA. And UCLA was my bold choice going to, going to win it all, going into this. You know, represent the West part of the country. And I know we both have reasons to hate UCLA, but they're a fun team. Them and Gonzaga, pretty evenly matched. So that's going to be a fun one. What's, a, what's another Sweet 16 game you're looking forward to? I'm going to go for a bit of a lower seed game and the Arkansas versus UConn. It's a star-studded UConn team that was once ranked number one overall in for part of the season against an Arkansas team with potential NBA starter who faced injuries throughout the season, Nick Smith Jr., and a bunch of other talent in two teams that, while UConn was more expected to get to this point, Arkansas definitely wasn't. It's really, it's, it should be an amazing game. It's so much fun. They, they both care so much about moving on through the Sweet 16, and I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. All right, Sean, 16 left. Who's winning the national championship? I got to go with Alabama. They've been so consistent without their best player playing very well. Brandon Miller has not put up the stats that he's used to putting up throughout the season, and they're still blowing out teams by 30 points. The second that he can turn it on and fix whatever's been off, hit those shots, He's back to that 19, 20 points a game he's scoring, along with all these other players that are stepping up. They're going to be really tough to beat. I'm going to piggyback that. I, I had them winning in, uh, in one, of my, one of my brackets, so I'll piggyback that. All right, let's pivot. Once again, lots of NFL moves, and the NFL outlook is going to look really really different next year and we're only getting started all right let's start with uh, over the last week let's start with Adam Thielen the Carolina Panthers have reached a deal with wide receiver Adam Thielen the team announced Sunday Thielen was released by the Minnesota Vikings after 10 seasons designated as a pre-June 1st cut so the team could avoid his salary cap hit for 2023 Sean what's that going to mean not only for the Panthers getting him but also the departure from the Vikings. I think this is a pretty big move, especially for the Panthers, but also for the Vikings. It's going to open up a lot of cap space for the Vikings, let them find new, younger, cheaper receivers that also help bit of their defense or offensive line. But I think this will mean a lot more for the Panthers. The Panthers recently traded up some number overall pick, looking to take either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, while a lot of the sources are leading towards CJ Stroud being taken one overall. And they're being given a veteran receiver that is very reliable. And that's really important for a young quarterback. If you look at a lot of these big names for the NFL that we're now so accustomed to, like Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Tua, they didn't produce until they were given a star receiver. Josh Allen, through his first couple of years, was good. He was fine. He was given Stephon Diggs, and boom, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Jalen Hurts was a mid-quarterback that couldn't really make a throw and was only a really running threat. Given A.J. Brown... Boom, he's in the Super Bowl. That's what they need. They need that big-name receiver. And while, listen, in no world am I comparing Adam Thielen to A.J. Brown or Stephon Diggs, but it's a start. It helped give them something. 
They lost DJ Moore in the trade to get that number one overall pick, and they need someone where, a qu- where that quarterback, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, can sit back on a third down and say, he's reliable. I make a throw, he'll catch it. He'll get open. He'll beat the corner. And I think that's going to be great for a young quarterback's confidence and their ability to throw to their different receivers because usually that number one overall pick is going to a team that has nothing. So hopefully Adam Thielen will give some security to that quarterback and allow them to develop. You know, they say in baseball, you can never have too many pitchers. You can never be too deep with the pitcher category. In football, you can never have too many receivers. All right, Dallas Cowboys are acquiring wide receiver Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans in exchange for two draft picks. Quick thoughts, Brandon Cooks, Dallas Cowboys. This offense is looking to be stacked. Dak Prescott, the loss of Zeke, I think is going to be great for them, allowing Tony Pollard to step into that bigger role. He's so talented. He produced so much in the amount of snaps he was given last year, and I think he's really going to be a spark plug for this offense. And then obviously C.D. Lamb and adding in Brandon Cooks, that's had about six thousand yard seasons just since like 2016. He's going to be a great piece for this offense. And I'm really excited to see if they can go farther than where they did this year with with the stacked defense and Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs that they already have. Yeah, it seems like Zeke has been this aura hanging over the Dallas Cowboys and they're just waiting for him to get back to a prime and it's just never going to happen. So I like that's going to open things up. Looking forward to the 2023 NFL season. So today we're going to switch it up a little bit. Change up I the like game it. format, and I'm going to be hosting a game for you. Okay. I'm going to try and play into some of your more strengths in the MLB and focus on that. But I'm going to make it a little tough on you. So we're going to go in, and I'm going to name you some of the 2022 MLB All-Stars. Okay. And I'll, I'm nervous. And I want to see if you can tell me what college they went to. Oh, there's no way. This is a tough one. I'll start with some easier ones that oh. I hope you can get. Okay. There's no way, Sean. Aaron Judge. <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. Aaron Judge. Oh my God, you're throwing me under the bus. Aaron Judge? God, I have no idea. Would West you, Coast or East Coast? West Coast, in California. In California? Smaller school. Give me a clue. Um, let, me, let me think of a good clue for you. It's a, it's a state school. It, it has the word state in it. Something state. Oh, God. This is embarrassing, Shawnee. Southern California more, but kind of Central California. I don't know. It's like Pomona State or something. Fresno State. Oh, my God. There was no way I was getting that. All right. <laughs> who's, who's next? All right. Hopefully, this will be a little easier one. Dansby Swanson. Big Vandy. baseball school. Vandy. Good Vandy. job. Okay, good. Good job. That's a throw-in. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> uh, how tough do I make it on you now? Let's go with another big-name school, Garrett Cole, back in California. UCLA? UCLA. Yeah. Very good. Okay. We'll finish you off with a tough one. Okay. Trey Turner. Oh, Trey Turner. This is fun. East Coast? Yes. Okay. In the South? Yeah. Small school in the South? I mean, is there any way I'm going to guess? It'll be tough. I'd be very impressed if you guessed this. All right. I'm going to list off some states. Is it in Tennessee? No. 
Louisiana? Nope. It has Atlanta? The, it has the state in its name. Oh, like the state? The state is part okay. of the name of the college. Okay, I gotta think. It's not Atlanta. It's in the south, you said. It's in the south. Not deep Florida? south. Not deep Florida? south. Well, that would be deep south. Arkansas? Nope. I'm going through the state song of Alabama, <laughs> Alaska. <laughs> not Arkansas. No. I did already say that. You did say that. You give up? Georgia? No. Georgia. Mm-mm. Little north. North. Little north Illinois. of Georgia. Not Illinois. That's not the south. No. Not Indiana. That's not south. A little lower than that. Kansas? Nope. Kentucky? Nope. Really? I thought Kentucky. All Louis- right. I already said Louisiana. You want me to give you a hint? Yeah, because this is boring. Everyone listening is just listening to me read off state. North Carolina. Oh, I would have never guessed well, North, North Carolina, Carolina State. North Carolina State. NC- yeah, yeah, yeah. NC State. No, I would have never guessed that. I would have never. Do you know where Max Muncie went? Max Muncie? Oh, God. Putting me on the spot. I was supposed to make you do the game. <laughs> I switched it around, Sean. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> I find a way. Baylor. He was a bear at Baylor. Baylor. I did know that. Or anything. David Price was also a Vandy boy. Walker Bueller, Vandy boy. I know Andrew Vaughn went to Cal. Um, a lot of a lot of Vandy boys. Yeah, no, they're just breeding. Lars Newbar, South Carolina basically. Lars Newbar, USC. Ooh, okay. Another reason I like Lars Newbar for you. Yeah, I like that was a that was a good one, Sean. I I I like being on this side of the game, but uh. <laughs> You you know I lack in in collegiate knowledge, so uh, I appreciate <laughs> that. All right, fun show today, Sean. Any, any last thoughts? That was a great one. All right, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the JSK Media Sports Podcast. Thank you for choosing us uh, for your sports intake. We had so much fun today. If you're dying for more JSK Media content, don't hesitate to follow our TikTok at JSK Media Co. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.